Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great podcast. ESPN, in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions, presents The VC Show with eight-time NBA All-Star Vince Carter and co-host Wise Gold on Woody, who talk all things basketball with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. That's The VC Show. Listen where you're listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the right time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get this podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on? Man, I got I, I got to ask you a question before we get to all the sports stuff. I normally like I listen. I'm a fan. But I know we don't bring up stuff that you said in other podcasts because I try to be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, on two podcasts, you mentioned these occasional crack smokers. <laughs> <laughs> and I ain't never met them. And I need to I, know. I know. Here's, do you know. Do you know some functional crackheads? Here's what I'm saying. No, no, you don't know functional crackheads. You do oh, yeah. know functional crack smokers. And the reason <laughs> you do know functional crack smokers. But they don't tell you that occasionally right. they smoke crack because they don't want you to think that they crack it. It's true. Like that's, you, the, that's the thing. Know. Nobody's like, anybody want to rock? I brought, some, <laughs> I brought enough for everybody. Oh, my gosh. Anytime that comes up, I think about my man. I always forget his name. You know who I'm talking about. The coach of the other Rangers. Oh, who, oh who, yeah, Ron Washington. Yeah, who just tried it that one time, he said. But, I mean, it, I guess. Here's what I hear. Like I got a homeboy, and his sister had this friend who was not a crackhead, but liked to smoke rock cocaine every now and then. But as a result, she would then exploit the actual crackheads because she knew them, right? Because she like dabbled in the world, and so she would have them like clean her house and stuff. Yeah. But of course, I don't know immaculate. About you. Yeah, I, it might have been. It also might have been a little cleaner than you wanted. Like, hey, yeah, where's, my, where's my Blu-ray player? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How, how come I can't turn on the TV? Oh, because it ain't no cable box. You're probably right. Like, so the the um like feeling around certain drugs is different because obviously we all know how dangerous alcohol is. But plenty of functional alcoholics around right. here, or at least functional drinkers. Same with weed. Same with lots of drugs. But the stigma that comes with rocks <laughs> is such that because I, I remember I like I've been around people who like use like powder cocaine a couple times. And the first time I was like in the NFL and I was, saw somebody and I was like, oh, that's like real cocaine. Like, that's the movie stuff. I didn't know y'all. St- I didn't know that was still in the league. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't a player was the thing. Yeah. No, it but I mean, like yeah. I mean, the Royal League. Like, oh, oh, like, oh gotcha. wow. Yeah, yeah. People still do that. Yeah. I was surprised by that. And then the I didn't see it much anymore after that. It was my rookie year. And then the next time I had like a encounter with it was at business school. And we had like these like um, like dinners where you get together with like some people from the different sections, just like get to know people. And everyone was like supposed to share something about themselves. And one of the one of the uh, women that was at the dinner was talking about how her brother like does cocaine. And so after we broke the dinner we all like mingling and talking and i like i was like yeah like that's tough and i'm trying to make connection like yeah i got people in my family you know blah 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 who got a problem and she's like oh no it's not a problem he just does cocaine 
<laughs> like what? <laughs> no, no. What you don't understand, to me at least in my world, if you are regularly doing cocaine, you got a problem. But obviously, I'm but, just but, a prude. But, but but also, if he just regularly does cocaine, what's there to talk about here? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, like I figured, I figured if this was a fun fact about you, <laughs> he must have been out here strung out. Yeah. Otherwise. He just a dude. <laughs> it's no, you're, that's fair. I, uh, so I, you're right. It's because that they can't do it. It's so like labor intensive and such a bad, um, uh, so stigmatized that nobody be like, yeah, I'm gonna run out and smoke a cigarette. No, nah, I'm gonna go out and smoke this rock real quick. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm of the age on powder cocaine, but like, hey man, the only thing I remember by Lynn Byers in real time was him dying. I thought that yeah. we all like, like, oh, no thanks on that one. But little did I know. Like, I went, the, the Harold and Kubar movie, I think it was the third one. Mm-hmm. And I went going for weed humor and actually got a lot of weed and cocaine humor. And I was like, I don't get these jokes. But apparently a lot more people do. Like, we're just laughing about cocaine now. That's, that's, that's not, we, when I was a kid, we was just trying to say no. You know what I'm saying? Like, you realize these kids have not grown up with anybody telling them to just say no? That's wild. I told you before, that worked on me. It worked. Like, I believe. I believe. I've been close to enough people who had problems, and then they start frying eggs on TV. That's not going to be my brain. Yo. <laughs> that worked on me. I was uh, I was a, uh, a mark <laughs> for, for the D.A.R.E. program. Yo, whoever directed the egg can the egg oh. campaign, I hope he got a raise and is out here making future feature films. That was a really effective device. I wonder, like, if the people who do like mess around with the rock and they're still functional, because this ties back into you as a sports fan. If they have like a cutoff, like once I start doing this, this is before it's a problem. I need to stop. And for you, do you have like? Once I start like losing sleep over my Lions slash Jets, like is there something in your mind that that'll catch you? Like, oh, this is too close. Because once it's too late, it's too late. Well, well, maybe we should look at it like this. Because I used you know the harder narcotic reference because it you know it was more sellable. But we undersell the effect of alcohol on people in our society. Absolutely. Okay. There are people that can have a drink or two all the time. You know what I'm saying? Right? And so maybe that's what it is. I'm sipping. I'm sipping mm-hmm. on the Lions. I'm sipping <laughs> on the Jets. But I'm going to have to mix light and dark this week because yeah. the Jets and the Lions are playing against each other. Uh, if the weather was better, I would probably get tickets and go down there and check it out. But let me tell you something that ties back to a discussion that I believe we had last week. Um, where we were like the Vikings and the level of insult that they should have that they were underdogs at home to the Lions. The Jets, at last check, were one-point favorites at home against the Lions. With Mike White out here after he got crumpled up last week, uh, Quentin Williams, we don't know what, you know, his leg situation and all of this. Like, the Jets are really banged up. The Jets are really beat up, and Vegas thinks they better than the Vikings. The Vikings or the the Vikings? Oh, the Vikings! The Vikings. I thought like the Jets her... was playing the Lions this week. No, the Jets are playing the Lions. But remember oh, okay. when the Lions played? The oh Vikings, yeah, 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 The Vikings yeah, yeah, yeah. were home underdogs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Jets yeah. aren't. Oh, I got you. I see what you're doing. You're doing a little transitive right there. There we go. I, there I we go. You. 
I feel you. And because they are. Do you know what I did? I, I had a skewed perception on how good the Patriots defense was. And their defense is very good. But I was watching them uh, last week. It was like, damn, these guys are great. You know why? It's because I had watched two games worth of Vikings defense before that. <laughs> Dumb boys, man. Like, I, I will not name names because I would never want somebody to do that to me. But they was looking confused. And I, again, I want to name names, but I'm not going to name names. There's a man out there playing cornerback that run a four six <laughs> in the 40. And it looked like it on the field. Sometimes people <laughs> run a four six because they like, I ain't a track guy. I don't know the form, whatever. Like, yeah, that was me before I had to train for the combine. I was like, my 40 time was like four or five because I didn't know how to run. I didn't run track. Mm-hmm. But like on the field, I could actually run. I learned how to run. It was fine. But the same thing was true for this gentleman, except I'm watching a tape and like, I just running by him. I'm like, you can't cover nothing. If if it's just if it's just out there, people just flying by you, then you gotta like take such a head start to stop the deep ball that you can't stop nothing. Like you better have a hell of a jam. And they don't even press like that. It's part of the problem. Yeah, this defense was a problem. The safeties was confused, running basic quarters coverage, and they getting busted up on scissors routes time and time again, and like not correcting it was the problem. It's like I watched. Um, a bunch of their big plays that they gave up. What you can't have is the same play work on you multiple times. Like the same thing, not even a new formation. Like the team, because like what happens often is we be like, all right, this team is going to be watching this film in preparation for us. So let's fix these problems. You know, so they did that, presumably. Like uh, they coach, they defensive coordinator old as hell. He's been around the league forever. I think it's Donatel. Oh, Donatel's anyway. their guy? Yeah. So I assume that he was like, all right, here we go. Let's address this. And well, he ain't do a good job of addressing it because they have not been able to stop anything this year. It's, it's ugly. As I recall, Donatello's the dude they gave up the fourth and 157 against the Eagles that year for the Packers. Oh, you remember that? Yeah. Yes, to Freddie Mitchell of all people. Fred X. Yeah, I do oh, remember that. Wow, the le- maybe the least likable non-racist football player of all time. <laughs> <laughs> he's at, at romanelski tier yeah, without yeah, saying none yeah, of the stuff. yeah i had to i had to i had to get him out of there with the people like i don't i don't want to uh, uh do uh. The, the wrong kind of equivocation like i don't i don't want to do that now the vikings i imagine that there's nobody in america who has wanted to make sure you knew that they were not as good as their record about the vikings quite like Mike Zimmer because everything you talk about right now about that defense and Kirk Cousins isn't actually playing well Mike Zimmer probably give you a full-on rundown about every flaw that that team has and like Mike Zimmer is an old-school football guy and I and I know from being around lots of old-school football guys is them big plays man it's like tackling and mental errors will they will have an old man think he can still fight and come for your neck. It's like, we can't have these repetitive mental errors and we can't have you missing tackles. And they do both. The linebackers be all close to the line of scrimmage on zone play. Like, it's just holes. They play um, Indy this week. Mm-hmm. I, I got my money on the fight in Jeff Saturdays. Well, let me ask you this. As a former defensive player, do you know what it looks like when the defensive coordinator is about to get fired? Because, like, what I'm hearing you say it sounds like the defensive coordinator is about to get fired. Like in basketball, where I, I can I can peep it a little cl- more closely, it's the same phenomenon, right? Mm-hmm. Turnovers and mental errors 
that is when we are like, oh, they have a coaching problem, right? Like that, we go straight there about those things. And, and what you describe for a defense sounded like those things. Yeah, I think um, O'Connell's young, Donatell's old, so maybe he's adding some value just by being the the gray hair in the room. But I can't imagine. Like it's it's really it's very bad. Like it's it's ugly tape. You know, it's not just like you getting whooped and like you fighting. And people got uh, skill advantages. And I mean, yeah, there's some skill advantages there too, but they are not like a 1AA school. Like, they should be better than they are. And I, I do think that's – you, you, yeah. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be looking at that if I was O'Connell. Like, man, you ain't about to mess up my shot. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, what's the coldest game you played in? So I played a December game, 8 o'clock game in Buffalo. It was really cold. Uh, but to be honest, so like, there's a difference between how cold I was on the field and how cold the temperature was. I mm -hmm. think that probably was it. I played some night games in December in um, New England also. The coldest game, the coldest I ever was, was because it was wet. It was raining. And it wasn't even below freezing. It was like 40-something in Denver, and it was raining, and I was, like, actually shivering. Like, lots of us were, like, actually just shivering on the field. Them other cold games, though, it's not about actually being cold isn't the problem. And I, I think they've addressed this in Buffalo. Where they put some heaters under the field. Mm -hmm. The problem was how hard the ground was. Like, you can't cut off it. You plan on ice. And, again, you plan on ice, so you don't want to hit it. Like, so many concussions out there. But that was prior to – us really, really caring. So people was getting multiple concussions out there. Were you a, a, a no sleeve in the cold? No, guy? you knew that. You <laughs> I, knew that. You I didn't think you were, but I just had to ask. For who, for what? <laughs> Ricky Williams? Or my, my bad, Ricky Waters? Like, it's, I mean, I don't get it. It's like, I, uh, yeah, hmm. That's, that to me feels like the next, it's like an evolution on you too tough to drink water. You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> like it's the next step of that type of bullshit. <laughs> right? It's like, no, that's just dumb. I've never understood it. Whenever I see it, we go psych them out. I bet you are. I bet you are. We don't want to look scared. I mean, okay. I, that's not how I would have ever thought of that. Yeah, it's not how anybody thinks of it except for them dirty offensive linemen. They, them guys, <laughs> they really do be believing stuff like that. And I know I've been on teams where offensive line coaches are like, no, my guys can't wear sleeves. And there's a couple offensive linemen who who ain't from the Big Big Ten, <laughs> and they don't like that rule so much. There's some SEC <laughs> offensive linemen, if you know what I'm saying, <laughs> that don't always love that rule. Could, I could not imagine somebody telling me we're not wearing sleeves outside. I'm taking you to HR, dog. Yeah, I had people talking about um, – I had a defensive coordinator in college who we weren't playing well, so he said, no coats on the bench, turn off the heated benches. Yeah, yeah. I, I had enough cred by that point to be like, look, what we is ain't going to do. <laughs> we going to play better, but it's not going to help us. <laughs> I get your, your point has been made. Mm -hmm. I got it. I'm going to go yell at these guys, but I'm going to need you to, to turn the, this, uh, this bench back on and bring them big ass parkers back around here. <laughs> Yo, for game theory. We do uh, man, on, you know, man on the street stuff. People mm -hmm. haven't checked it out. It's on HBO Max. But we go out, we talk to people in the street. But you know, we're doing it at the time of year where we do the show. And in order to get you guys that exquisite black and white shot, it has to be done at night. We we did some shooting for that uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night. I want to say the temperature is in the low 30s. Wind chill was in the low 20s. And I got jackets on, you know what I'm saying? But they worried about me being cute. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Man, listen. Oh, no, I was out there. My guy, uh, my field producer, I think that's his title. I don't want to get it right. My man, Ted. Ted know who I'm talking about. Ted looked out for the hallway, man. Stopped on the way in when he was driving to New York for the show. He got me some socks that had a heater in them Ooh. that connected to an app. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, like he has all the tricks, some gloves with the heater in them where you press the button and it goes low, medium, high. Ooh. And then when that wasn't working, I put some of the pocket hand warmers in there, you know, just to keep it going. And I'm bringing all of this up to say I'm wearing long johns. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got a thermal underneath my shirt. And I was out there on Tuesday, like, Go like 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 shaking like it was it was a oh, oh we got to keep going because they tried to get too cute with that jacket and I was like hey man we can't do that and I ain't out here talking about playing no football I'm not out there nearly as long it ain't none of that I just whoo but whoo. the thing the thing is so like I generally run hot so I'll go out in in cold weather like normal cold weather just like to my car and like to wherever I have to go without a coat on and I'm fine with that but standing out there is a different thing but I know you don't have to play football so it doesn't hurt as much. But there's a difference because I wasn't a quarterback, so the camera wasn't in my face. So just snot running everywhere. It's just, <laughs> I don't care. I didn't care. You have to worry about that. It's like you can't be out there talking and sniffing and, like, oh. wiping your nose with your gloves because you can't wipe your nose with gloves. It's just, 
No, oh, another animal. And like the thing getting scripted, but there are lines, if that makes sense. Like, you know, the question that you're going to ask somebody, mm-hmm. man, my face was getting so tight because of that cold. I couldn't get them syllables out, mm-hmm. you know, and I ain't gonna lie, man. I was doing some laughing with people to talk it, man. That's, that's exercise. So my, 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 my cheeks are tired. It's all cold and everything else. Nah, man. I remember those NFL films clips. Uh, once when the Oilers, they must be going to play Cincinnati or Cleveland, like one of those teams that they would go up there and play in the cold. And I remember Ernest Givens, this is when they had to get on the phone, you know, talk to the coaches in the booth. Mm-hmm. And they called him being like, hey, man, I got to get off this phone and put my hat back on, man. It's cold as f- out here. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know how, uh, can you ever imagine being at a sporting event and they got a Gatorade cooler full of chicken noodle soup broth (laughs) like we just accept it like it's a thing but imagine (laughs) like think about how bad the conditions must be because i can't imagine being at a basketball game and they're like hey give me a cup of that soup like it's not an it's not an athletic like you know what i mean it's not like bananas it's not orange (laughs) slices it's like hey you know we had hot chocolate on the benches and like chicken noodle soup broth and we're just like, no, this is normal. No, it's not. Put a roof on this <laughs> and stop playing. Uh, it's not just normal. It comes with the line, upon your complaint about the coach, better get you some soup. <laughs> like, that's what it's for. It is just simply there so there are fewer excuses. Like, damn, it's cold outside. Man, either get you some soup or shut the f*** up. Can you, the only other time I've heard people say get you some soup is like somebody's sick. Like yes. it, this does not belong in an athletic endeavor. And when people say this is football weather, no, it's not. It's Yo, not football. Anytime weather. they say that, I'd be like, so this game played by a bunch of dudes from the South, but this is football weather. No, no, no. That's that. That's that East Coast bias creeping in because that's what that's what it is to them in November and December. And no, no league full of dudes from Florida, but you think football weather got ice in? <laughs> You know, <laughs> just Georgia and Alabama pass. Georgia, Alabama, Clemson. Uh, occasionally, Ohio State sneaks in, but they got Florida guys on the roster. But those yeah. teams are passing around the national championship in snowy uh, Buffalo. Got but, football weather but, this week. What's wild to me because I get one reason that I had the roof is the roof costs like five hundred million dollars. Yeah. Something exorbitant. And, but you're starting to see though more of these places trying to get the roof because once you get the roof, you can get the Final Four and something that really wasn't possible prior is you can get a Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's the big one. And But those places where part of the charm is having it open and cold, that's where it gets wild to me. So, like, Green Bay, they just ain't really got the money to be talking about putting um, a, a roof on also, that. And they never do it because they love their place. Buffalo, they ain't got the money to really do something like that. Chicago, they're like, hey, what y'all think about a roof, dog? They putting a roof in Nashville on a stadium they gonna build because they're like, ooh, tourism. Yeah, exactly. That's what it comes down to is, I guess that's what you meant. I thought you meant like the ownership group didn't have the money. Yeah. But like, they don't, they aren't in cities where it matters because you know where the Super Bowl not gonna go? Buffalo. <laughs> right. Green, they, Green they, Bay. They, they ain't never pay, like, they sit in the All-Star game to Salt Lake City in the NBA. Yeah, that can happen. <laughs> <laughs> the Super Bowl in Buffalo, man, oh. it was like, it's a really cozy Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, like, it's the, you don't normally see this many locals at the game. <laughs> and the Final Four and all that stuff, like, they're going to put that in Green Bay, Wisconsin? Mm. Nah. It's only nah. one hotel in Appleton, and it's, <laughs> it, it is three stars. 
look, man, they should have never had that Super Bowl in New York City because then that opened up the possibility for everybody about mm-hmm. having Super Bowls in places that I ain't got no interest in going to. The Indy Super Bowl was really, like, we got lucky with the weather. That was one of the best Super Bowls. It's like the perfect size city. New York is too big a city to have the Super Bowl in because yes. it didn't feel like an event. And it, it cost too much like, money. Yeah, and it, yeah, exactly. But it didn't feel special. That's the cool thing about the Super Bowl is like you go and the NFL takes over part of the city and every third person you see is somebody, I mean, at least for us who work in this and us who played in it, every third person you see is somebody that you know. And it's like, nice. I was in New York and was like, oh, I'm in New York. Oh, yeah, there's a game this weekend. <laughs> it, was, it was very like, um, Indy was a nice spot for it. The weather was good. I didn't go to the Minnesota the Minneapolis joint, because that falls in the category of cities that I'm not in a hurry to get to. Yeah. They didn't get lucky on the weather. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm with it. Warm weather city Super Bowls. Let's do that. Well, I brought this all up because the Dolphins are going to play the Buffalo Bills. And it's funny. The Dolphins have the home field advantage they've been because it's so damn hot down there in Miami. And I just think that everybody down there hot. Except then they build it in such a way where yeah. there's one sideline, they get all the sun, and the Dolphins don't ever stand on that one. That's, I mean, I think every stadium does that, but it only matters down there. I remember, like, in college, the opponent stadium, every stadium we would go to, the sun would be in our eyes until it went over top, and we did the same thing for our stadium. But Miami's the only place where that means a 30-degree difference. <laughs> well, well, and also, because they tried to do it like Texas Stadium used to be, where it's a roof, really, yeah. except the only hole is, like, directly over the field. Yeah. And, and honestly... Who knows if they actually fully thought that out? Like, for example, people who see that shot at the seaport, um, when you watch Get Up and you mm-hmm. see that shot behind Mike Greenberg, some days it's the actual shot, some days it is a picture. And the reason is, it made sense. It was a great shot, but that's facing the east. Yeah. And so that sun could come up and make it impossible for you to see through. And no, I really thought about that, right? Yeah. It just, it just, in all the major schematics, it just never came up, right? <sighs> The days it works is fantastic. Some days, you got you out here like this. You got to pull the thing down like you're driving your car. You know what I'm saying? Um, That is where the Dolphins may have been in their stadium renovation situation. But what do you think, though? They're going to be up there in the brick, dog. It's going to be a problem. I think I saw a Tua. I saw a quote as I was getting ready to come on here where Tua said, it snows in Alabama. No, sir. (laughs) <laughs> no this ain't the same buddy this ain't the same my friend and maybe for a guy who grew up in hawaii that that alabama weather is like oh it gets a little chilly but he i mean i guess he's he's been to buffalo so he knows that it ain't the same yeah but i mean did they play a night game yeah because like i feel like that's worth 15 degrees right maybe 20 mm, mm, better hope it's not windy and it and, don't mean he was there in this time of year nope yeah, you better stay dry and hope it's not windy. And as for the like style of play stuff, this is where people who say running backs don't matter, they start to rethink oh, that. Oh, that, that as long as they keep playing the postseason largely outdoors in January and February, throwing the ball is going to come with a high level of variance in the games that are of the highest leverage. It's always going to be there. The old dudes wasn't all just stupid and cavemen. There was a recognition that, yo, we might just need to like run into them dudes and make their arms hurt. Yeah. And also like the arm strength is a big thing too. 
that you're going to be dealing with as it gets colder and windier and tougher to to throw the ball to his arm strength it's going to be a problem not because i think he's going to struggle throwing a deep ball although putting some air under it if you can't cut through it it might impact it but it's more just about hitting them windows and he's such a timing based player that we saw last week in in rewatching that game it was just all about them throwing off the timing with press, and then Tua would be ready to throw it, and his guy wasn't open yet. And then he was like, oh, I don't know. They had the guts to press Hill and Waddle, which is something I would advise against. But it worked. <laughs> it worked. I would be terrified oh of pressing again. Cause partially because they're not tall. Yeah. Right? So it's like you pushing down. That just seems like a really great way to just be made a fool of. Yep. You either get, like, illegal hands to the face or you're giving up six. And you can't let either of those guys get even with you. They leaving. No, they are. Whew. They are terrible. Jalen Waddle is the other fast guy. <laughs> Raheem Mostert. Oh, the gosh. other other fast guy. Raheem Mostert has never been on a team before where he wasn't by far the fastest <laughs> dude. <laughs> I can't imagine what it's like to go from like, oh man, I'm always the fastest dude. It's like maybe I'm three. No, there is nothing like seeing somebody recognize for the first time that somebody is faster than them. I imagine you remember that preseason game where Randy Moss did that to D'Angelo Hall. Yeah, I do. Right. You know, D'Angelo Hall, who I guess they weren't in the ACC when Hall was there, but Mm -hmm. he was a top 10 pick because he ran something like a 4-3. Like Mm -hmm. D'Angelo Hall was really fast. And I guess Randy Moss just decided I was gonna he was gonna teach this youngster a lesson. D'Angelo Hall and D'Angelo Hall gave him like 15 yards off the line or something yeah. like that. Like it wasn't like he was trying to press him. Randy Moss took four steps and threw the hand up before any of us knew that D'Angelo Hall was beat and just ran right past him. And I assure you that it never happened to that young man ever in his life before. The I remember when it happened to me, and it's gonna be a name that no one remembers. It was on punt return. I was the like jammer on punt return up against the gunner. And a man by the name of Bethel Johnson. <laughs> I'm familiar with Bethel Johnson. He was a receiver technically. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I just felt like he was a rocket. And so like I was a fast guy. That was my thing. Like nobody ever run by me so like when I would do that particular job, it was fine. I just get real aggressive, and since it took a long time to get down there, I would catch the guys at the returner and block them. So I was like, all right, yeah. And coach, like the special teams coach before, he's like, yeah, this guy ran. He could run, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, watch out for him. He got some speed. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. You say that every week. No, 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 (laughs) no. It's not even – it's so demoralizing to know that the play is over a tenth of the second into the play. It's like we get to one revolution of us running, and I'm like, oh, I ain't close no ground. Put my head down. I'm going to get some. And then, and then when I lift, lift my head up, he has increased the gap. I, I've never had that happen while I was playing corner, in part because people like Randy Moss go ahead and give him 15, 20 yards. But that man, Bethel Johnson, I know y'all wasn't expecting to hear that name today, but that, that guard me. Because it was like, it was my thing. It's like saying I'm a dancer and then you go to the club <laughs> and the circle ain't around you. Yeah, it's like you go to the NBA tryout camp. Like, right? Like, I've been killing it in 24 hour fitness, right? <laughs> Let me tell you, the most shocking play I have ever seen in my life, and, you know, to make everybody feel old, I believe the 30th anniversary of this play will be on January 1st. It was the Sugar Bowl after the 1992 season between Miami and Alabama. I don't know if you remember this game, but Miami was on. 
God, what had to have been like a 30-game winning streak at this point. They'd gone undefeated um, <clears throat> in 91. They were undefeated again. They were playing this Alabama team that is really nothing but defense. And, I mean, nobody thought that Alabama was going to win the game. And Alabama went out there and kicked their asses. They kicked their asses from minute one. And the moment that the game was all the way over, Lamar Thomas, and I know you youngsters may not remember Lamar Thomas. You may have heard the name as a college assistant coach. That's Lamar Thomas. Lamar Thomas caught a deep ball and was running by himself. George Teague played for Alabama. George Teague ran him down from behind, came over his shoulder to make the tackle, pulls him down, and everybody's like, oh, amazing that he caught Lamar Thomas and tackled him. No, he bogarted the ball from him and started running back the other way in one motion. Snatched him, took him down, took the ball out. Like, the ball didn't fly out. You know what I'm saying? The ball just came out in his hand. And I just remember Lamar Thomas was on the sideline with a towel over his head. Like, these were the most obnoxious Miami teams. The most obnoxious ones were not the ones with, like, Michael Irvin and the boys on it. The most obnoxious ones were the ones with Dennis Erickson, with these boys, Randall Hill and them. Dog, he took the ball from him. And I just remember Lamar Thomas is in there. My brother said, he's never been caught from behind in his life. It was the first time it ever happened. And I'm sure he went over there and cried. You just saw it. Google it, my friends. <laughs> it, it is. Oh, I'm, I, oh it is it's so impossible to believe. It is. It's like it looks like Bo Jackson, like where somebody just so fluidly faster than everyone else. It's it is impossible to believe. Also, Bethel Johnson ran a four two six. Okay, that would do it. Yeah. But don't think about this. That happened in a game that nobody thought they were going to win. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like this wasn't like they did it in the first week against Tennessee Chattanooga. Like they did that to the. Haynes. Yeah, so look up Lamar Thomas, George Teague, and you will just be like, oh, yeah, the game was over right then at that moment. For them dudes that's been fast and faster than everybody their whole lives, mm. getting caught from behind or anything close to that? He got a five-yard head start. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't do the math on what the difference in tenths of a second is in their speed, but it's it feels like two tenths <laughs> to be able to catch them like that. And then he took his helmet off? Oh, I love it. I didn't know that I loved Alabama back then, but I did. Oh, it, was, it was amazing, amazing, amazing. By the way, I was watching uh, uh, TV on, I think it was Thursday. And it was the, is Joe Burrow the new Tom Brady? And I can't remember if we've talked about this, that basically... Um, if they can't point to one thing in particular about you, you just become Tom Brady. But don't they see Joe Burrow out there moving? Yeah. And also, like, being a lot better than Tom Brady was at this point? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he, he is the catalyst to this offense. Like, I think it's it sounds crazy to say it's an insult to say that Joe Burrow is Tom Brady. But at this time in his career, and I guess the, the, um, the game has evolved, too. The expectations have changed. But Joe Burrow was the number one overall pick. Tom Brady, like, backed into a starting job. Joe Burrow, yeah, he's much better than Tom Brady, but I think that's fair. That's what we say about guys that we don't know what to say about them. Yeah, like, it's just like, oh, he's like, like, they tried to, like, is Mac Jones the next Tom Brady? Translation, we think he's good, <laughs> but we can't really, yeah. like, like Tom yeah. Brady's excellence is, is that. It's, it's Bret Hart, right? It's the yeah. excellence of execution. You're not really going to figure that out off a of college tape, I don't yeah. think. 
Like, I don't think that's going to happen. And it's funny because nobody says, hey, I wonder if he's the next Peyton Manning who's existing in the same, like in a right. similar type of space to be the player that he is. Like, there's not been the close. I tell you, there was one guy that I did think was the next Peyton Manning, and it was wildly ironic. And I don't think I was wrong. It was Jameis. Oh, yeah. Like, that, like it was a legit comp because Jameis is like football genius who just makes terrible decisions, yeah. which Peyton Manning had been at points early in his career, and then the development just didn't get there. But we don't. We, we don't point that like that's the we go the the range of quality of player with a comparison is probably broader with Tom Brady because it's just a slow white dude who just get it done. <laughs> that's no, all it yeah. is. Nothing looks special. He just gets it done. And he had the time to develop into something. I guess the special thing is the special thing is, is his mindset more than anything. Yeah. Which is something that I, I, I know this sounds crazy. That you could argue that it's not something that you would want, but it ain't something that I would want. <laughs> like, can you imagine having like seven Super Bowl titles and be like, no, I need one more. I can't. I don't want to live that life. Yeah, that's what I mean. Congratulations. It's like that's similar to Jordan. It's like, I don't know these guys personally, but they sure don't seem hey, all that happy. But yeah, well, Jordan does not. But at least he tried to walk away. Like, he yeah. gave it a go. John Brady <laughs> doesn't even want to, like, face the possibility of of what that is. But I'm Charles Barkley seemed happy as hell. He does. He does. <laughs> but let me tell you something that's interesting, though, to me about that comparison. And yes, Tom Brady had those two seasons that he got to play with Randy Moss. But Joe Burrow is not walking out there by himself, guys. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you what I have noticed about Cincinnati. You know, they have, you know, historically one of the, like, most poorly funded, like, scouting departments. They just don't have the guys. Go look up and down their depth chart and go look at where, the, like, especially the skill position players, go look at where they went to school. Mm -hmm. LSU, Clemson, Oklahoma, which is to say, they 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 not they not out here trying to outsmart nobody with these picks. They <laughs> they go they go into the big box stores and they're getting the big brands. Yeah, their their scouting department is not watching tape. They watching TV. Yes, they, they are taking the same guy you would. <laughs> they are watching the TV copy. Like, ooh, he good. <laughs> Give me one of them, and it ain't. It's, it seems like it's working. They got two running backs from Oklahoma, right? Because they got <laughs> P-Rod behind Joe Mixon. They treated like fantasy football. They went and handcuffed them dudes. They're like, yo, I'm not sure which one of them is most responsible uh, for the success, so why don't we just get them both? The same thing could be said for their quarterback-receiver combination. Yep. <laughs> like, hey, I've seen this work somewhere else. Yo. It's going to work here. And by the way, we didn't just see it work. We saw it work like we'd never seen anything work before. They were like, all right, we'll go ahead and do it. Yo, how crazy is it to look back on when he was dropping passes in training camp? Mm -hmm. You remember that? He was yeah. dropping passes in training camp. And we were like, ah, oh, I don't know about this Jamar Chase guy. I, I, I do. Yeah, I was on the wrong side of that Jamar Chase Penny Sewell uh, argument. Not that there is a wrong side. Penny Sewell is valuable, but damn, he don't have the value that Jamar Chase has. Well, I think the Penny Sewell thing worked out, like, not to say that the Sun God is better than Jamar Chase, right? But they, you know, they went and figured out the receiver thing in a different way when they got St. Brown. Okay, cool. They go there. And, 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 to be fair, I don't know if you saw Sewell go in motion the oh, other yeah. day and catch oh, that yeah. pass. Oh, yeah. 
He one of them. He one of them guys. He one of them guys that's just like they just yeah. He he one of them guys. You know he what I'm there, talking he about. He up there with Haloti. Oh man. <laughs> I don't, hey, I don't, uh, uh, be careful what I say, because yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. offend nobody, but them dudes are special, special, special. Yeah, you know, in, in all of our, like, racial shorthand and expectations that we have about players based on where they're from, we ain't exactly figured out what to say about our Polynesian brothers. Like, we're, we're, we're they, they existed in interesting space, right? Like, think about this. All the Latinos in America, and if I had to guess, there's more Polynesians playing football than there are Latinos playing football. I have no explanation for why this is the case, right? But it is something that is observable. But you do notice when you got one of them dudes, like Sewell, these just giant, nimble, incredibly athletic dudes, and where does it fall in our continuum? It's so... I'm sure that there is some selection bias because of the number of like black and white players in the NFL. But it sure feels like there's a higher percentage of these incredibly huge rugby style super athletes happen to be Polynesian than anything else. And I don't know what they do growing up. I don't know what games they play. Maybe it's just playing rugby a lot. I don't know what it is, but there's something to be said for how special those dudes are with the like unique size and athleticism combination. And Penny Sewell is no different. Like you mentioned, Haloti Nada might be the best athlete I've seen in my life. But dog, what is so interesting about when we try when people try to make like those short connections between race, background, however you want to call it, and athletic ability? So people say white dudes ain't that fast. But them tight ends be out here. Like in the <laughs> in the 235 to 255 range, yeah. they don't really have a problem finding white dudes fast enough to get the job done, right? They just don't look for them no smaller than that. It's not happening there, but they can get you some linebackers, defensive ends, them Watt brothers, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it gets done. Other than like the occasional quarterback, our Polynesian brothers. They in the, they get the athletic even all the way up to like 375. People are still like, oh boy, but look at them feet. He's a dancing bear. But <laughs> wh- where is the generation of Polynesian receivers? It doesn't make any sense that they wouldn't be there. Like, is the athleticism only up there? Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, it's it's to your point. It's our selection. It's the our internal bias. Why we don't got no white corners? Because right. there's plenty of white slot receivers, which ain't no different from playing corner. Like from the skill set standpoint. Well, maybe the, the straight ahead speed is a little different, but it's like you see them. And I, I'm sure somebody's probably written a book or article or something on the history of football with Polynesian players. But I want to know who the first one was that that like made it. So the rest of them was like, oh, we can do that. That's the role model. Right. I need a new, um, by the way, uh, theory. I got it. White quarters. Just something to consider about this. What football as a whole thing doesn't have a lot of is them white mics. Like when you yeah, think about this, ain't true. a lot of white boys in football with edge ups. It ain't no, ain't no, ain't no Dante DiVincenzo's did you out see, here. Did you see the Knicks holiday picture? Yes, I did. Okay, that's all. That's yeah, all. Yeah, right, yeah, continue. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, find it yourselves, guys. Um, but there ain't a lot of Dante DiVincenzo's out uh-huh. there playing football or whatever. And you would think the white dude that's going to play corner, 
is pro- will probably need to be a white mic. But I feel like the coaches have no patience for the white mics of the football <laughs> world. None whatsoever. You start showing some of them white mic characteristics, like Stetson uh. Bennett looked like he went and got a haircut from the brother. They called him in the office. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Like, yo, look here, like here. Like, did you watch the, the U, the 30 for 30, the U? Yeah, uh-huh. So one of the things that struck me about the U, they showed the clip of when Miami got off the plane in the fatigues, mm-hmm. and the second dude off the plane was Vinny Testaverde Vinny T, in yeah. the hat and the shades. And Steve Walsh, they show other clips of him, and he was all into it. Man, Steve Walsh in the present-day interviews was looking herbier than you could possibly <laughs> imagine, right? They go, they go talk to them cats, and they're like, hey, hey, the homie G-Reg? G-Reg on <laughs> yes. television, and, 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 and it's, like, it's like it never even happened. Uh, I think about that thing at least every other week when I'm watching a <laughs> game. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember them bars. <laughs> Yo, he, he is G-Reg forever. And what's so funny is there are very few people who are listening to this that know what I'm talking about, but then everybody else knows exactly what I'm talking about. I only call him G-Reg oh, on yeah. Twitter. I think G-Reg got mad at me because G-Reg said something about Travis Kelsey being the best tight end of all time, and that had, and I said that had big, he reminds me of myself energy. But I think, <laughs> I think he thought I meant that as a race thing, but I'm like, no, you were pass catching tight end. Right. He is pass catching tight end. I think you're going too far with this one. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I think that's what he meant. But he also might have been mad because I just keep calling him G Reg. <laughs> and, and you just you're you're going to be G Reg forever, brother. But he's another one of them canes that don't look nothing like he was one of them canes. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't have the Jeremy Shockey energy. Right, but even Jeremy Shockey was like, yo, but I'm like still that white dude. I can just kick it with y'all. Like Jeremy Shockey is an archetype of white dude that is very familiar to me that guys like you don't know nothing about because they don't make them like that where you from. Uh Uh-uh. You're yeah. absolutely right. The ones that are you, I think you were talking about before. Like I, I'm comfortable with the ones that are that openly hate us and the ones <laughs> that really love us, but aren't aren't fully comfortable around us. Now nah. you you don't you comfortable with these other ones that are so comfortable in their own skin that they just like, hey, this is where I'm at. Yeah, these are they're the they can kick it witches. Yeah, I don't like, know like, too many of them. I think I told you about this. Uh, I remember we had a next door neighbor. Um, and his parents were like German Germans, you know what I'm saying? And he was my brother's age. So I guess he was in his mid twenties at this point. And he and my brother would kick it, go boil crawfish, you know, all this sort of stuff. And I said something to my brother once about it. And I was like, it was actually funny. This dude's, uh, real close friend was Aiden Hutchinson's dad. And he was like, uh, my brother, I said to my brother about, yeah, you know, I was like, yeah, I wonder if he's, you know, scared of black people. Cause you know, white people are scared of black people. My brother's like, I ain't scared of us. He'll shoot us. That's, that's, that's the, like the people who be like, yo, white people are scared of black people. That is not the experience of whiteness that I grew up around. I grew up around white people with guns. Yep. And, and they was, will, and they invite you over without no problem. Cause they are not uncomfortable at all. Cause if it comes down to it, somebody just gonna have to die. Yeah. That, that wasn't what I was familiar with in the mid Atlantic and the Northeast. But <laughs> I mean, there were the, the, um, white mics. Like there's a lot yes. of white mics where I grew up and that was fine. And then there were the people who were like the, the, the left leaning liberals who, who like, publicly save face and but don't actually want to be down with you then there's the people who just really flat out don't don't mess with you yes. yeah it, it took me until it's it's at the um extremes you got to go all the way up to boston or all the way down to georgia <laughs> to find the people who like <laughs> yeah but see, 
Yeah, but see, that boss are not scared. They and they're not kicking it with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. But just, you pointed out before they they just mean people. They are. They're just me. <laughs> By the way, right before we go, I'm gonna keep this real quick because I know we at the end, but. I am low-key amazed that the Pittsburgh Steelers have won five games this year. Yes. Mike Tomlin, man, I guess. That's the only thing you can say. Um, Kenny Pickett started looking good, but then he got hurt. I mean, he started looking better than I expected from him. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. And, like, you assume that it's because their defense has been dominating. That's not true either. They just, like, finding ways to scrounge up some wins here and there. I guess the defense played well in their wins, but they aren't – the defense that I thought they were at the beginning of the year. Yeah, they are barely winning, too. Their wins are by a combined. Hold up. I'm going to add them up in real time for you. 3, 5, 15, 22, 25. They have won five games by a combined 25 points. They lost to Buffalo 35 to 3. There's your whole point differential right there. Sheesh. Yeah, they – I mean, there's something to be said for the like the culture and institutional stability that they've always had there, and whatever value Mike Tomlin brings to this is uh, to the degree that these close games can be replicable. It seems to happen with teams that are well coached and don't make a ton of mistakes. Not that Mike Tomlin's always been the best uh, like game manager, but ain't out here backing in no wins. But hold on, though. There's a wee chance they might finish the season over 500. You looked at the rest of their schedule. What they, there's no way that they, they can win nine. Carolina, they got four more wins. Carolina, Raiders. They got at Baltimore on New yeah. Year's Day. That one, but, I mean, who knows what they're going to be looking like at that point. And then the Browns at home. It's possible. That's four. So that's, yeah, I mean, those are four winnables. Yeah, but they're not going to be able to do that four games in a row. I would hate to think that they could. That would be a staggering <laughs> indictment on the NFL. Just, no just staggering. But that is Dominique Foxworth. Check him out on Get Up. Check him out on Anscape. Check him out on Debatable. And, of course, check out the Dominique Foxworth Show. Download that wherever you get your podcast. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. All right, man. And, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three days a week. Adi Khan, Parker Owens, Dan Stancic, handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Oh, by the way, this is our last episode of 2022. Uh, we will be back on January the 3rd. So I hope that everybody enjoys the time. Uh, please stay warm. I'll just say that because it's still cold here. Please stay warm. And we will talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.